Good morning. Let's pray. If you don't know me, I'm uh, John Archer. I'm one of the, on the preaching team. You know, some people th- don't think they have a great purpose because they don't have a mic, but we got to understand that, the, you know, the, there's different body parts. And, you know, some are seen, some aren't seen, but they're all necessary. There's one thing that's common with all the body parts. That's blood. And that's the life of Jesus through you. So I don't know if he's given you the gift of hospitality, the gift of giving. There's a lot of things we don't see that are important in the body of Christ. But I want to pray this morning before I preach. Father, I thank you for the word today going forth. I thank you your words are spirit and they're life. Father, I don't ask you for a good sermon or a great sermon or amens. I thank you for changed lives, God. I thank you you want to change lives. Holy Spirit, come in and cut away what you don't want and bring what you do want. In the name of Jesus, amen. Because God will come in, he'll take things out, and he'll bring things. He just doesn't take, take, take. He gives. 2 Corinthians, I'm just going to read some scriptures. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. A lot of versions say arguments. And that's the word I'm going to stick with. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When it says against the knowledge of God, that's not just talking about the existence of God. That means everything God knows. But I want to key in on the word argument. That word argument in the Greek actually means reasoning. It's, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but the root word is the word logic. So it's not arguments like in traditional sense, like we're arguing. Or sometimes people argue with God where we feel prone to, you know, God puts on our heart to forgive someone. And then we just, you know, I don't want to forgive them. And then there's a wrestling like, you know, oh, God, you don't know how they hurt me. Or, you know, like, he, of course he does. Uh, but then he points you to the cross. But it's not that arguments. It's reasonings. Sound reasonings and logic against the knowledge of God. Now, let me just be honest. Reasoning and logic can be good. You know, sometimes we talk to someone, they're being unreasonable. If I say, hey, I'm going to buy, you know, uh, Kirk, he's Crispin, he's on our preaching team. Hey, Kirk, I'm going to get a new Porsche, uh, and I'm going to eat ramen, packaged ramen every other day because I won't be able to afford it. Hopefully, Kirk will say, that's foolish. That's not reasonable, John. That's not logical. And so that's good. But I'll tell you where it's bad, when it comes against the knowledge of God. And we use our reasonings and logic against heaven's agenda, heaven's plan, because it's not reasonable. But you take everything out of that book that's not reasonable or logical, friend, you would have a cover. You would have a cover. Because God comes along and he doesn't, because heaven has its reasons and we have our reasons. And see, everybody comes and sometimes people don't have a lot of reasoning, but they came to that decision by their own reasoning. It may not make sense to you, but it made sense to them. God wants us to come in and agree with his reasonings. I preached a message September 6th called conversion. After that message, I had another message in my heart. September 24th, I looked at my notes. This is that message. So I had this message first. Well, then later God bubbled up in me two messages on worship. I feel like they're some of the most important messages I've ever preached. It was on worship. I really do. I don't say that to boast and brag, but uh, I was not planning it one Sunday. Just something burst out of me in prayer. I felt like those two messages were the teaching of that preaching. But I got this message first, so I almost didn't preach those because I reasoned I got this first. I was reasoning. Now, it wasn't like I was arguing with God. I'm not talking about that. That's why reasonings are very subtle, because we have a default reasoning. When God gives you a plan, you go, oh, it costs a lot of money. Use your reasoning. I don't have the experience. That's your reasoning. I'm too old. That's your reasoning. I'm too young. That's your reasoning. No one in my family has ever done it. That's your reasoning. It's against the knowledge of God. And it says casting down reasonings. It's not arguments. It's not arguments, friends. It's reasonings, and we all have it. 
and we all use it, and we all use it against the knowledge of God. Some people say, well, I'm just being practical. And why, why this is so subtle? Because it's our wise voice. Well, we just got to use balance. We just got to have wisdom. There's people that go to a church because there's three blocks away. That's reasonable. God never called them there. They have a slide for their kids, but they'll never fulfill their purpose and destiny because it's not full spirit. For, and I'm not criticizing. You need to go where God plants you, not where it's reasonable for you. I used to drive an hour in California, one hour for the church. I was never late for worship. 30 people, 30 people in a motel room. There was thousands and thousands of churches filled with people. I went for an hour. It wasn't reasonable. God didn't say, you know what? Uh, costs a lot of gas, costs a lot of money. I drove an hour to work every Monday. On Sundays, you think I wanted to drive an hour? It wasn't reasonable. New Mexico, they had a white church, a white church, sort of a mixed church. 1,000 people, 500 people, 800 people. Where does God send me? To a Hispanic church. 30 people, most of them old ladies. It's not reasonable. It's not, and people, people would ask me, where do you go to church? The first Sunday I pulled up, the sign's leaning against the building. We had to take an offering for the pastor so he could buy a tire for his car. Those other rich churches, it wasn't reasonable. It wasn't logic. And friend, if the only thing you do in your life is reasonable to you, you will miss God because he is not reasonable. God is not reasonable. And he does not come with your reasons. Heaven has its reasons. And sometimes it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. And it gives you the reasons to preach the gospel, to sight to the blind, captivity. Sometimes he gives you the reasons and sometimes he doesn't. The Father has given all judgment to the Son. Then he gives you the reason. So those that honor the Father honor the Son in like manner. There's the reason. Heaven has its reasons. I have our reasons. We've got to be careful our default. Here's a plan from God. Some of you go instantly. How much? It's too much money. You won't say it, but you think it. It costs a lot of money. costs a lot of time. We tried that. All our reasons. And we bring it to the table of the Lord. And he has his plans, and we have our plans. But we need to cast down reasons. Amen? So I'm going to look at some people in the Bible. First of all, Noah. And, and this is in order. You could go through every story of the Bible. You could even look at Ruth, the Moabitess. She was an enemy. The Moabites were enemies of Israel, yet she's engrafted into the lineage of God. That's not logical. That's not reasonable. Friends, so were we. We were an enemy of the cross. And Boaz came in. He's a type and shadow of Jesus, and he brought Ruth in, and he's engrafted you into his life. So that's not reasonable. you got to take Ruth out. And Noah, I want you to build a boat before there was even rain. Not logical. Not reasonable. Take Noah out. Abram. Abram, you and your wife can't have kids. Look at the stars of the sky. You're going to have the descendants. You won't even be able to number them like them. Then finally, they tried something in the flesh, Ishmael. Then they had the spirit, Isaac. Finally, God says, sacrifice them. It's not reasonable. It's not logical. See, God just doesn't want you to believe him for the reasonable or the illogical. He wants you to enter in and walk with him in that. It's not like just, I believe God. You believe me? Grab my hand. Let's go. We're going to go to the unreasonable. There's the wall, the Red Sea. There's the chariots. Stick your staff out. I'm sorry, what? Never done it before. See, here's the thing. We read the Bible, and we know the, and we know, we know the stories. Jesus died, and three days later, he rose again. The disciples did not. To them, it was over. They don't have three days later. They didn't believe him. To them, it was Jesus died. It is over. And so in your life, God's already read the book, and he's already written the book, and he already knows the stories. We do not. So we have to walk them out. So he wants us to enter in. Look at Gideon. Gideon was fighting a big army. He had 32,000. God said, you have too much. Now, everybody talks about Gideon's 300. Do you realize he was facing 135,000? 
135,000. That's what the enemies of the Lord are. And he had 32, and God said, you have too much. Is that reasonable? Is that logical? No, it is not. Then he says, you have too much. All that are afraid, go home. Now he's left with 22,000. Then he says, take them by the water. Watch how they drink. He picked them out. Now he has 10,000. It went down. It went from 32,000 to 300. That's 450 to 1. 450 to 1. Not reasonable. Not logic. Look at David. Look at all the stuff he did. All the stuff he went. It's not reasonable or logical for God to say, there's no man after my own heart. There's no king like him. See, friends, heaven's reasons are very different than our reasons. Amen? I mean, I almost preached this before the other message. John, just because I gave it to you first, because usually for me, the way it works is God puts a message on my heart. Sometimes uh, I know it's for Mexico. Sometimes I know it's for here. But usually the next one's in line. But it, you can't be just the pattern of your life since it's always been like this. It'll always be like this. No, that's unreasonable. That's unreasonable to heaven. See? You know, when I first started going to Juarez, Mexico in 2015, I've, I've been before, but when I started going consistently, most Christians that I talked to, I'm not looking at anybody. Some of you are in here. I'm not going to say anything. They would say this. Isn't it dangerous? Very few would say, really, what did God show you about Juarez? What did God show you about Mexico? No. Isn't it dangerous? Why? That's reasoning. That's a reason not to go. Of course there's some danger, but I'll tell you what's more dangerous. Dangerous is living your life in safety. Dangerous is living your life. I'm only going to do what's reasonable, what's practical, what I can afford, what mom said, what dad did, what my generations did, what my family did, what my last church says. That's scary. That's risky. That's dangerous. Because at the end of your life, you will just have a cover. Born, died, you went to this restaurant, you went to that country, you did this, you sat in church, you did this, you went to this conference. But if you want to do great things for God, he's, an, he's unreasonable. And he will ask you to do some things that cost more than you have, that will take more than you have, that will sacrifice more than you have. It's unreasonable. That's what the prophetic does. It comes and gives you a promise. Amen? Now I'm going to enter into what I... After this message, let me just read something. After this message was wrapped up and finished, I'm reading a book last night by a man of God that's gone to the Lord. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want you to give, have a reason not to like what I'm about to say. Because we have reasons, friend, for many things, and we just don't know because it's so instant. It's not, it's not a stronghold. I can mention sins. Oh, we cast down that stronghold. But your reasoning is you don't cast down because it's simply who you are. It says, if you're going to hear the voice of God, you're going to have to get acquainted with unreasonable dreaming. My sermon was done, it was finished, and I read this last night. Unreasonable dreaming, because God operates outside of the realm of reason. Reason is the power to form judgments by a process of logic. Now, when we say judgments, we think we judge this and judge that, or I don't want to be like, that, that is a judgment. But it's also a judgment when you say, what is reasonable, what I can do, and what I can't do. Because God just didn't speak to Gideon and say, Hey, you have too many. I want you to enter in. Because faith, faith, that's what faith is, amen? Faith is. So I'm going to read you some scriptures. Before I do, I want to establish who the angel of the Lord is. Uh, in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is Jesus. The angel of the Lord was worshipped. The angel of the Lord spoke in first person. The angel of the Lord was called God. The angel of the Lord forgave sins. And I'm just going to read you some scriptures. It was the angel of the Lord that came to Gideon. So I'm going to read that because I'm about, I want to establish that because if I'm going to read you some scriptures coming up, it's not going to make sense to your reasoning if you don't understand who the angel of the Lord is, okay? So in, Zachari in Zechariah, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. 
Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin, and I have put fine garments on you. Only God can take away sin. There's another account in Hagar. Uh, he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. He tells her, I will multiply your descendants. Speaking in first person, angels cannot do that. Angels means messenger anyways, not created being. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. But the angel, here's another account, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing for him, to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withhold your son, your only son from me. Speaking in first person, from me. Jacob had a dream and the angel of God spoke to him in a dream. Angel Lord, angel of God, the angel. I said, here I am. Goes on to say, I am the God of Bethel who, who, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me, to me. Now, the angel of the Lord, here's another account. The angel of the Lord came from Gilgad to Bochum, and he said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you by the land which you have sworn to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Angels don't speak in first person for God. They, tell, they give a message. And they said, who are you? He says, I stand in the presence of God, and they give messages. And he says, but you have not obeyed me. What is this that you have done? And then I'll leave this one. Samson's dad asked the angel of the Lord his name, and the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? And they shall call him Wonderful, comma, Counselor. People think Wonderful Counselor. No, Wonderful, comma. Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Why was it hidden? Because the plan was hidden from Satan. Angel of the Lord never appeared in the New Testament once Jesus appeared. He was worshipped. He was called God. He was called Lord. It is Jesus Christ. Why was, the, why was the plan hidden? Because the Bible says if the rulers of this world knew what they were doing, they would never kill the Lord of glory. When the rulers of the world, powers of the air, Satan would have never crucified Jesus if he knew the plan was to forgive you of your sins. So I want to read, I want to go back to something I said in I Am. I preached a message on I Am, and if you weren't there, I, I read a version, New King James Version, and when they add words, they italicize it. You may read a version that they don't italicize it. One of the reasons I read New King James is because if you put a word in there that's not in the original, I want to know it. It, if it helps with the flow, it says, you know, J Judas came with a garrison of soldiers is italicized. Okay, that helps with the flow. But when it changes the meaning, I want to know it. So I read it. Now, I know it doesn't make sense in English. It's not proper grammar in English. So they add words, and we do the same things when things don't make sense. We add words to the plans God has for us. But it costs too much. But it takes too long. But it's never happening. We add words. And we don't. God doesn't want us to add words to the things he's speaking in our life. Amen? So... When they were talking about who's going who's gonna to deny Jesus, they were trying to figure it out. Jesus said, it is he who whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And dipping the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. I want you to remember that. Satan entered Judas. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. And then Satan and Judas left. So as we're filled with the Spirit, here's Judas filled with Satan. Remember that. And then when he spoke these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook. There was a garden which he and his disciples entered, and Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a de detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Picture it. There's Judas, filled with Satan. 
It's dark. There's not street light, so they come with their torches. He said with the soldiers. He's with the leaders of the scribes and Pharisees. On the other side is the disciples. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to, him, said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am. He is italicized. Jesus didn't say, I am he. He said, I am. And when he said, I am, the Bible says, Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. It says, they drew back and fell to the ground, including Satan. So there is Judas, filled with Satan. And even with filled with Satan, he doesn't have the power to stand before I am. So the I am needs to come, and all your reasonings need to go back and fall down. Every reasoning that you've ever come and says, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, and it's quickly, and it's you. Everything mom said, dad said, it's over your life that you just repeat. You think it's never happened. We need to bring our reasonings, casting down our reasonings. It's not arguments, it's reasonings. Are your reasons for not doing something, for do doing something, for not giving tithes, for not this. It's just reasonings, reasonings, reasonings. And God says, I want you to cast down your reasonings. He said, I am. See, and it didn't make sense to the translators because they don't speak that in English, so they added he. But I'm going to read you the scripture. After I preached that message, I went home the next day. The next day, I, read, I reread that account where it was I am in Exodus. So why was that so powerful? And, and Jesus said, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, whom are you seeking? They said, Jesus, he, he, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. Again, there is no he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke of whom you gave me, I lost none. So I went back, and I read that. Now, we establish who the angel of the Lord is, because what makes sense to heaven may not make sense to you. So Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire. It was Jesus who appeared. Therefore, when Jesus showed up and said, I am, it made perfect sense to heaven. From the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, while the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush. God, the angel of the Lord. So it was the angel, it was Jesus who said, I am. And he said, I am, before Abraham was, I am. And they picked up a stone. Boys, you don't know, I was in the burning bush. I'm the one that, I'm the I am. It was Jesus who was there. Therefore, when he spake, it makes perfect sense to heaven, friends. We need to get the revelation from heaven. We need to bring our reasonings. It doesn't matter how powerful they were. There's Satan standing there, and Jesus said, I am. Even he fell back. He didn't have the power to even stand up Judas. We need to come to the place where we don't care how it sounds. We want what he means. Because it, it doesn't sound right in English. We need to add he because it doesn't make sense. And we have our own language. We have our own personal language where we add and subtract things that make more sound sense. And we use words like wisdom. And we use words like balance. And we use words like practical. And I get all that. All that's good. It's good to have practical people and wise people and balanced people. But when God brings you his plans on your life, he does not need your reasoning. In fact, your reasoning will dilute it, will subtract it will stop it, and your book, would, your life would just be a shell like they do on the grave store. The day they were born, the day they died, and we know nothing they did. They worked their whole life to two weeks to go to the Grand Canyon. Oh, look at the Grand Canyon, to just take their vacation. Or you can partner with God in what's unreasonable and illogical. You can partner with God, and you can experience what's, what God has for your life. Amen? So, there, so we're going to pray in a minute. We're going to line up our reasonings in your heart because a lot of times we have reasonings and we don't even know what they are just because it's who we, we think we are. 
See, John, you don't know my past. Well, no, friends, I don't need to know your past. You need to know your future. You don't know what I did. No, I don't need to know what you did. You need to look at the cross. When I go to prisons and minister, they don't, I don't give them my heroin. I was on heroin and drugs. That's all great. No, let's look to the cross. No matter what you did, we look to the cross. It's not what you do or what you think. It's what he does and it's what he thinks. So if you want heaven's plan for your life, you're going to have to lay your reasonings down. Your reasons. Casting down. Not considering. Not thinking about them. Casting down. Because where you are today may not be where you are in the future. If you put your reasonings down. Strongholds, we get that. That's a stronghold, you know. But our reasonings are subtle because it's our wise voice. When God says you have too many, God, there's 135,000. I, I need more. No, Gideon, you have too many. It's not reasonable. So we go, oh, that's great, Gideon. Woo. Abram, woo. Jesus, woo. Then it comes to our life. We're like, but the I am wants to speak. And he wants all your reasonings to fall to the ground. So, Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, God, that we're bringing every reason we've ever said to discount ourselves, our life, our future, our, our church. We bring it to you. The I am spilk. I am. Who do you seek? Jesus of Nazareth. I am. It didn't make sense in English, so we add a word. And we add words to your purposes and plans for our life, God. After I do this, after the kids go here, after this, after that, we add words to your plans with our reasonings and we dilute it and our logic. I don't know what you're facing, what seems unreasonable or illogical to you today, but the I am is here and when he says I am, he wants everything to drop off. Every reason that you have for not doing something or do doing something, the conclusions that you've come to, we need to cast down. So Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit today. I thank you for shedding those things off your children because you love us. You don't look at condemnation or guilt upon our lives, but you want to change us, God. God, we don't need another good sermon. We need changed lives. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need another awakening in America. So I thank you for sending out the I am words. When Jesus said, I am, they all backed up and fell down, even Satan. It doesn't matter how strong that is in your life for that reasoning today. In the name of Jesus, we cast it off. So I want you to think about your life and the reasons you bring to him. For some of us, we believe in for a healing and we've come to the place where we seem a little better. They, maybe it's your spouse or maybe it's you and you seem a little better. So, okay, that's reasonable. That's as far as it goes. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Father, every person in here that has prayed for a healing, if you are in here and you have prayed for a healing and you have seen no, nothing better or just a little better and a lot of people are prayed for you, we just say grace, grace to that mountain in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit healing people physically and emotionally. See, they all backed up and fell down. God, we want all our reasonings to back up and fall down to your voice. Even the strong one. Satan couldn't even hold Judas up, God. Even the strong, even the generational one, God. That's expensive. That's expensive. You grew up here, and that's a lot of money. Save your money. We grew up hearing those things. All these things we hear, we just, we bring it to the next generation. This is not against being saving or frugal, friends. This is when God says a plan. The first thing you think of is how much it costs. That's a reason. The first thing you think of is your age. That's a reason. 
first thing you think of is your experience. That's a reason. So God, you said cast down our reasoning, so today we're going to cast down our reasonings. Let each person cast them out in their own heart. In fact, if you're here today, I'm not going to ask you to come up, but if you're here today and you do not want to lead a reasonable, logical life, but you want to fulfill everything God's had for you, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up because I'm already standing. I'll stand up too. Because this message isn't just for you, it's for me too. Because sometimes people prophesy and they promise us stuff and it's unreasonable. So Father, I thank you. We're a group of people, God. We want the unreasonable. We want the illogical, God. We want everything you've spoken over our life, God. When we're facing 135,000 and you said you have too many, we're going to say, yes, Lord, how many do you want us to have? 300, 300, 300. They didn't have to even fight. God slaughtered them and then they chased them down. So Lord, I thank you for the unreasonable. I thank you for doing the unreasonable reasonable. I thank you for blessing with people with money that's illogical. Dad didn't have it. Mom didn't have it. I didn't go to school. I didn't go to business school. I thank you for releasing finances and dreams, God. Not just finances, but dreams to go with the finances. Oh, God, you made me wealthy. Why? So I can build orphanages. So I can sponsor a foster childhood family, God. I thank you. You have your reasons, God. You had your reason why Jesus said I am. It didn't make sense to the translators, but it made sense to you. Because you go back to that story in Exodus. It was the angel of the Lord that said I am. It wasn't just the Father. It was the angel of the Lord. Jesus said I am. It makes sense to him. So I say go back to your creation. The one that gave you a plan and a destiny. It made sense to God. It always made sense to heaven. But the translators added a word because it didn't make sense in English. I don't know what language you're speaking today but God wants us to speak heaven, not your language. Not what mom said. Not what dad said. Not what grandpa said. Not what you're telling your kids. No, it's not. If God has a plan for your life he already knows how much it costs. It costs more than you know. We have our little budgets and we have our little plans and we minimize the plan of God with our reasonings. I am. Let's just add one word, he. Let's just add one word, not today. Let's just add one word, it's expensive. Let's just add one word. Let's wait till we have the money before we step out. If you're waiting for all the money to step out of the boat, friends, there's many boats you will not step out of. And I tell you that right now in the name of Jesus. If you are waiting to get the fullness, do you know how many men and women of God that are in heaven have died waiting to get the full money before they stepped out? One word, he, but they put that word he in. It's italicized. We're, it wasn't what God said, but we're going to add it. There was John says, no, 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 something's wrong with that. I need to go back to the story. It was the angel of the Lord who is Jesus who said, I am. It makes perfect sense to heaven. And I don't care if it's right grammar. God, we don't want right grammar. We want right plans. So I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for a people that don't want to do the reasonable, the logical, what everybody else does. They want to be different. They want to go where no one's gone, seen what no one's seen, said what no one said, wrote what no one's wrote. They don't want to write songs that have been written. They want to write new songs. They don't want to paint and draw what's already been painted. They want to do new things. They want to do new things. I thank you for the new God, the unreasonable, the illogical, the stuff that doesn't make sense. How are you so blessed? There's no one in your family that was blessed. Somebody had to start a new tree. I'm alcoholics, pornographers, child molesters. Somebody had to plant a new tree. I go back in my history. I can't find a preacher. I had a, it doesn't matter. You can be the first, John. You can plant the tree. It's not reasonable. It's not logical. No one took me to church. I rode my bike by myself. It's not reasonable. 
Isn't it dangerous, John? I'm going to war. Isn't it dangerous? Fill people with the Spirit, speaking tongues, saying that. How about this? What did God show you? What's his plan for war is? How about that? It's going to cost a lot of money, Kirk. Why don't you wait till your kids are grown? Why don't you just take another vacation? I am, he's speaking over us. I am, I am. Let every reason, God, we've ever brought to you, God, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us before going to the I am and adding he, for adding money, for adding it cost too much, for adding it never happened, for adding mom never did it, dad never did it, for adding all these things. God, we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We cast those down, God. Our reasonings with ourselves, not with arguing with other people, not with strongholds. No, 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 that's not today. Today is our own reasonings, our own thinking, how we came to a certain conclusion. They even used that in the Greek. That word in the Greek is how they calculated a math problem. Two plus two is four. Minus one is three. Okay, I'm going to calculate that. I have this much money. I have this experience. So, Father, I thank you today. We lay down everything, our experience, we give to you. I don't have the experience. God, if you call us to work with children, we don't have the experience, we give it to you. If you call us to work with youth or be hospitable in people's house, I never did that. We give it to you. Every generational thing. Name of Jesus. You guys can be seated. I'm just gonna pray a little longer. I want you to close your eyes because here's the deal. You will f- good sermons come and go, great sermons come and go. You this pot, this pot. But when God comes to change your life, friends, it doesn't even mat- rem- matter if you, you remember that Sunday, but there's an impartation in him. So, Father, I thank you for an impartation. God, I thank you. They won't say, oh, John said this, John said this. No, no. They'll leave these doors going, God, what are you saying over my life? God, what are you saying over my life? Forget this message. Know his message. God, what are you saying over my life? And everywhere, every area where I gave you a reason, why not? Why not now? We lay it down. We let the I am speak over us. So even Satan couldn't stand. If you take... 300 soldiers into 35,000, it's 1 to 450. But so it is, it reminds me of that story of the prophets, 400 to 1. The 400 prophets say you can go forward, and it was the one prophet said, no, don't do it. 400 to 1, and the one was right. So Lord, I thank you, you're the one. Many of us heard things 400, 500, 600 times. We said it in our heart, we said it in our mind, we said it to our kids. Our dad said it over us, 400 to 1, and the one is right. I am, you're always right. You're always right. Who is it that you seek? Jesus of Nazareth. I am. God, forgive us for adding words, taking away words, diluting your plans. We say give it to us, God, the unreasonable, the illogical, the big. We want to walk in that, God. We know today you're not just telling us to believe you for it. You're actually saying, I invite you to enter into that. He's the author and finisher of your faith. And he's still writing the story over your life. And we read the b- books in the Bibles and we already know the end. Friends, you don't know the end to where you're at, but we give you, God, we give you every situation that's unreasonable to us. I have this debt and I, I make this much money. It's unreasonable to pay it off in this amount of time. We, take, we give it to you. God, I don't have the experience. I don't have Bible college. I don't have this. God, I give it to you. And you call me to be a minister. God, I give it to you. 
God, I thank you for healing us. And, and you know, I'm, I'm this much better, but I just give it to you. For me to get here in my healing, it's not reasonable for me to get in another day, in another week, in a moment to be healed. But God, I give you the unreasonable. You can do in a moment, God. You can do in a moment. Every person in here has been prayed over multiple times that haven't seen. I thank you, God. We give you the unreasonable. I'm not trying to belabor this, friends, but we have deep reasonings. Deep. And deep's calling to deep. And he's saying, come out. We rush on and we go get our food. And we think, I want you to consider his ways. Consider his plans over your life. But do not consider your reasonings and your logic. We leave them here today. So, Father, I thank you that you're unreasonable but when we're willing to enter in that plan you give us the power to walk with you in it it. and you're not just looking from heaven to see how we're doing you're with us you will never leave us or forsake us so God I thank you for a release today and a grabbing on we're releasing our reasonings we're leaving them on the ground as the I am spoke over and when we get back up we're going to cling to Jesus we're going to cling to his robe we're going to cling to the one that said I am It's not reasonable that you would die, Jesus. You need to stay here. It's not reasonable. It's not logical. Look at everything we're doing, because when you leave, we won't have nothing. But it made sense to heaven. It always makes sense to him. He knows the end from the beginning. So if you want to take out every unreasonable, illogical thing in the Bible, you will have a cover. But is that the way you want to live your life at the end of your life? You only did what was reasonable and logical? You will have born, saved, dead. Sometimes I go when I travel, even here I go to graves, I'll go to, and I'll end with this, I go to, uh, you know, where the, 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 all the graves are, and I'll just look at people's lives and I'll, I'll think about it. I wonder what they did. I wonder what they did. Because everything for the kingdom of God still goes on. I wonder how they lived. I wonder how they lived. And sometimes you'll see a daddy and a mommy. I wonder how they lived. God, I wonder if they served you. I wonder if they gave you everything. But I wonder if they just lived an easy life. What was reasonable? What was practical? Every man and woman of God that made an impact, they did, did what was unreasonable. Some have sold their houses and gone to faraway countries and the new languages they didn't know. They, they did the unreasonable. So Lord, I thank you for every man and woman of God that has done the unreasonable and illogical. And I thank you there's a group of people here that want to do the unreasonable and illogical, God. Every plan, every purpose that you have in our life, God, we say yes and amen. We say I am over it. We say yes and amen. We don't look left. We don't look right. We don't look what's happened. We don't look to this point. We say yes and amen, God. All our reasoning all our thinking, the way we came to a certain judgment, why not? Why? My spouse will never change. I'll never be healed. I'll never walk in finances. All these little things, these reasonings, we don't talk about to one to another, but they're deep in our heart. This is the best I'll ever be. This is the greatest I'll ever be. I rebuke every reasoning here today, God, and I give people clear minds so they can think on your plans. Then you can decide. Drop your reasonings. Then you can decide. And if you don't want this plan, at least be honest with it. Don't make excuses. Cost too much. Cost. No, no, no. No excuses. So, Father, I thank you. This week, you're moving upon us. And you're birthing new. It doesn't make sense in English. Let's just add this. He will italicize it. It will just be small. I am as capitalized. I'll just put this little he next to it. And the entire meaning was changed. And the meaning of what he meant will be changed if you add. God, we don't care how things sound. We want what you meant. 
So my prayer is that you don't walk away going, this sermon was this, or I don't care about care less about that. That you can you put your life in the balance and you put his plans on the other side and see if you're believing equal or if it's light or if it's light. So Father, I thank you today for all the plans you have for people. That's why Paul says, I know no man after the flesh. He doesn't have a reason why they can't or can't do. I know no man after the flesh. And God, may we not know ourselves after the flesh, but by the Spirit. I know no man after the flesh. Oh, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, all these great scriptures, but when it comes to that scripture, so don't know yourself after the flesh. What dad said, mom said, amen. Because if I only did what my dad said, friends, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be ministering. But I have another father, a heavenly father, and his voice is over every voice. When he looks at darkness and says, let there be light, there's light. Go around the walls once a day, and on the seventh day, go seven times and shout, what? Walls where they used to run chariots on top so wide, not reasonable, not logical. So we're taking all the stories out that are unreasonable, illogical, God, we have a cover. God, we don't want a cover on our life. Born, dead, we don't want a cover. We want it to be filled with your plans in the name of Jesus. So let I am speak to you over, not just today, friends, this week and the coming weeks, because reasoning's got to go. And when he brings something to your mind, maybe it's how fast you think. It's so subtle. It's how fast. It's, it's the answer you always give. We'll see. And you think about your bank account. Because really what you're saying is my bank account will tell me if I'm going to fulfill the plans of God or not. So we want our reasonings to die. He has great things for you. And if you think it's only the reasonable or the logical, you never fulfill. It's the great things. Amen? Great things. People to change countries to go. Some of you are going to write books. Some of you are going to write songs. Some of you are going to play instruments. Some of you are going to raise kids you never thought you were going to have. You're going to go with the, against what the doctor said. It's unreasonable, illogical. Great things. I'm just a fisherman. Two words, follow me. So be aware this week that the I am's coming and he's speaking and he started today and he wants you to join with him because Gideon just wasn't watching the battle. He was entered in with him. God encouraged him along the way. Amen. You guys be blessed this week and be aware of your reasonings that need to die because when they drop, God can give us something else to hold on to.